Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and welcome to part two of 10 Ways to Profit from Shares. So um, hopefully you've listened to the first, uh, the part one of this podcast, 10 Ways to Profit from Shares. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this second part. Number three, don't buy and hold. That's what I call the buy the buy way to hell, um, basically. Time in the market is probably the most perpetuated myth in the financial industry, but to accept that time in the market is more important than time in the market is probably the greatest downfall of anyone wanting to beat the market average. And time in the market is for people who just want to get average, poor to average returns. Um, and it works so to, so to, it works okay in bull markets and long-term bull markets, but in sideways and downwards markets, it just gets shot like the GFC. Um, and so over time, it doesn't really work that well. It does okay, but it does not work anywhere near as well as timing the market. So don't overuse leverage. Um, many investors get attracted by the hype of this supposed quick returns that leveraging into the share market provides. However, the reality has constantly bitten these people in both bull and bear markets and it's important to really understand that leveraging is not only or not only magnifies your gains it really magnifies your losses as well and here's where the educator get eaten by the by the educators now all too often would-be traders get seduced by fancy marketing and sales or sales pitches to get them into leveraged products like CFDs, foreign exchange options, and other highly leveraged products, only to find they're not as easy as the marketing hype made out. Um, now, have a look at those. That, to me, if you get into that situation, have a look at those marketing that, that these leveraged markets, and you'll find that they're generally done by someone who's interested in getting you into trading lots of money over lots of trades. Because you look at a lot of the Highly leveraged sites like the foreign exchange sites, and it's really, really easy. A couple of minutes a day, um, options is the same. Don't need much knowledge, a bit of software. Do our little freebie course. We'll teach you how to do it. And these people are interested in you putting your money into an account and trading and just trading because they're making money out of brokerage and all sorts of stuff and or interest for charges, all those sorts of things. And they don't really care whether you make money or not. They just keep marketing to get more people in because... There's that, what do they call it, the one more fool theory, is there'll all be somebody else coming along that they'll take their money from, and their whole marketing strategy is, is um, some of them that I know of, absolutely know of it, that they're 90% of the money coming into accounts, they know that's their revenue for the year, they'll get it. And that's the chances of you getting to make money. So always, 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 if you, you always learn how to make money on unleveraged markets and making sure you can do that before you go into leveraged markets. Now, number five, um, don't be affected by the herd mentality. Another really, really common one that we see around people get into a market like the CFDs or FX, foreign exchange or options, and then they, other people try and get into this, this herd mentality, and it's interesting that the best, best, best traders I know, and it's a carved in stone fact, is that they don't follow the herd. They do the opposite of everybody else. Now, investors react to market conditions, purchasing shares on mass when markets are rising and selling on mass when markets are falling, and you only have to study 
bull and bear markets. And if you haven't listened to my Upfront Investor podcast, um, uh, there's one I've just done and it's called 10 Ways to Profit from Shares. Not sorry, this is this one, 10 Ways to Profit from Shares. I'll just find out what the... Uh, my last podcast in, in around the 20th of July, if I just move in my pieces of paper, um, you'll hear me talking a little bit about this um, herd mentality and and people buying and selling amounts and crashes and that sort of stuff, because I talk a bit about market psychology and crashes in that one. So in my experience, it's far better to take a contrarian view to investing in the share market, and this is supported by Warren Buffett, who once said it's better to be fearful when others are greedy and, fe- and greedy when others are fearful. In reality, most investors are fearful and greedy at the same time, which results in an inability to profit from market fluctuations. Um, and uh, there's, there's, Buffett's got a whole heap of these great little quotes that are very aligned to what I think in the marketplace. And it's interesting, I've never read never read a writ, book written by Buffett, but a lot of the things that he thinks of are stuff that resonates with me and how I actually think about the marketplace, even though we come at it from different angles. Number six, use stop losses to protect, protect capital. And that's been something I've been pushing people to do for two decades, and I'm still amazed at how many people don't even think to use stop losses and it's basically back to that fear and greed stuff that why they don't do that successful investing in the share market is not about how much money you make rather it is about how much you do not lose so it's not about making money in any one trade it's how much you don't lose in other words it's about minimizing risk not maximizing profits profits will come if you minimize the risk because i've never met anybody in my life that's worried about a share going up in price i only have worries about it they get stressed when it goes down so make sure you have an exit strategy a stop loss is simply a price point where you sell a security to preserve capital if a recently entered trade turns against you to, or to protect your profits of a winning trade. If you think about it, if this rule alone would have saved investors um, from losing many thousands of dollars in the GFC, a, a reason why a lot of people don't use stop losses is because if they put, let's say they put $10,000 or $1,000 into a trade and now it's gone down to um, it's gone down 10 or 15 percent and they don't want to sell out because then in their mind they've lost money and they want to, don't want to lose money so then they don't put a stop loss in an exit and then when it goes down even further then they've lost too much money that they can't actually sell it whereas you need to sell it at a smaller loss because your money's tied up in that share and it, it, to me it's, it's criminal to have money tied up in a share that's going down in value because you could be having your money in a share that's going up in value and you make up that profit, that, that little bit of a loss quite quickly. Um, it's that, that whole fear mentality that stops people from making a lot of money. Um, number seven, only buy top quality stocks. The top 100 shares in the Australian market achieve this status for one reason, and one reason only because they really are the best performing shares in the market. So it really doesn't make sense to stick with a good thing. Make trading simple. Make it easy. Too many people make it all complex. Number eight, always manage your risk. The amount we invest in the share market tends to change our perception of the risk we are taking and the research required to manage that risk. Usually this is because it's much easier to swallow a thousand dollar mistake than a half a million dollar mistake. But let me assure you the process you take to invest half a million dollars or a thousand dollars should be exactly the same as they both represent the same amount of risk to you. Uh, and it's it's quite amazing how many people don't follow that one. They think, you know, they go out and if I say to you, here you go, here's half a million dollars, go out and buy investment property or buy a property. Most people can go out there, they'll do a lot of research, find the right property and put half a million dollars into one property. But if I said to you, here's half a million dollars, I want you to put it in one share, everybody melts. 
it's interesting the different psychology they have. But if I say, here's a thousand bucks, go and find a share, they'll just research for 15 minutes and just throw it into one share because it's only a thousand dollars. They can take that bit of a risk. Number nine, diversify, but not too much. Now, while it's true that diversification reduces your risk, a portfolio of shares that is over-diversified, and if, for example, more than 12 stocks, which I talk about in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, is exposed almost exclusively to market risk, which cannot be eliminated, eliminated by diversification. And you'll understand if you read my book. A portfolio is over-diversified generally mirrors the market, which in the, in, the, in the past few years has meant losses of up to 50% or more for some investors in the GFC and, and average returns at best. Um, number 10, educate yourself. Ignorance can be expensive. And I read something on the weekend, something if, you know, um, uh, well, basically your education will cost you one way or another. Um, um, uh, I think it was something to do, uh, this thing I, I, I read somewhere and it was about, you know, if you if you don't want to employ a qualified um, professional, just wait till you employ an unqualified one. Um, it, it's, it just doesn't make sense, you know, to me is, I've often said to some of the people, "Is would you trust yourself with your money or somebody?" Into, and I suppose that's probably a wrong way to say it. Actually, um, would you give all your money to somebody who's educated as you on the investing side of it and, and trust them with your money? And pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I say that to people, they go no, and I go, "Well, what are you doing then?" And it is interesting that you know even people that are uneducated still trust themselves with investing their own money on a limited knowledge but then would it if they gave it if i said to them give it to somebody else with the same level of knowledge and experience as them they wouldn't trust that other person quite interesting and there's a filter there that i quite often say is would you would you actually take on your mother's money and invest that for 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 your mother um, and again, uh, the most people would actually say no too. So educate yourself because ignorance can be very, very expensive and I've seen it many, many times. So many told me in the bull market that that they did not need or could not afford to learn have now suffered losses many times greater than if they'd gained a solid education. And when it comes to the share market, your first investment should always be to educate yourself. Now from experience, I can only say if you follow the rules, um, these rules will not only be able to manage your risk but also be far more profitable and and. I literally lost count of how many people that say to me, oh, I'm just going to read the books or read books or surf the web and try and get my education that way. It's it's not, it's not the hit and miss approach. Um, to me, you need to get a quality education. Yeah, I know I'm biased as well because I run education, but constantly, constantly, and I'm talking about every single month, we get a whole heap of people who have been on our database three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years that have spent a minimum of three years surfing the web and reading the books and ringing us up going, yeah, I give up. I can't. I, I've not been able to put this together. I'm still hitting miss on my trading. I'm still making lots of mistakes. I've put my hand up. I'll do your course now. And then when they start the course, they, the first first emails we're getting is, oh, geez, I wish I'd started this three or four or five years ago. I would have stopped. Well, I wouldn't have wasted all the time and the money and the losses and the headache and the stress and everything else. So do yourself a favour. Get educated. Anyway, you've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillum, the Chief um, Analyst here at Wealth Within. Good luck, good trading. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with the transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.